Welcome back to another edition of the Parrot Podcast. This week I am joined by Birdie. Hey, how's it going? And Ham. Yep, Philly. So Forty's out. He's um, been working hard, and uh, PM is also out at the moment. He's in between houses, so he doesn't have a stable net connection. But he'll be back soon. Um, so let's jump into it first. Noah Eels first grade this weekend, but a couple of players did play in the ISP game. Uh, notably, Will Smith played, I think, about 17 minutes before succumbing to injury, and Michael Jennings, of course, being dropped to ISP, but scoring a try from centre. So let's start off with that first game, which was ISP, Wentworthville 30, Warriors 22, try scorers Greg Lalesiwau, Miski, Michael Jennings, and Aono, uh, and Rogers, sorry with Davis uh, slotting three from five. Um, now, I understand Davis played in the halves um, for a lot of the, the game. Yeah, the word, I suppose, coming you want out. To jump? Yeah, did you want to jump in there, Ham? No, this is not really... I don't, I don't know much. I only saw the highlights of the game. So it, it didn't, from the stats and from the highlights, it didn't look very, um, didn't look very interesting or anything uh, in particular really happened. Yeah, well, uh, a win's a win. You'll take the two points. Yep, that's uh, We true. were down by, yeah, a fair few points in the second half and then came back over the top. Um, I think the NRC, <laughs> the New South Wales Rugby League wrap-up had it was a Michael Jennings-led uh, comeback. So without having the full uh, highlight, uh, without having the full review, I guess we can't actually view it. Um, but um, they'd certainly came back. So that's a great thing that uh, Michael Jennings hopefully getting a little bit of... Um, confidence back after scoring a try and uh, helping out with a win in the ISP. Uh, then we'll go into the flag, which were Eels 18 over Warriors 10, reversing that earlier score in the year where the Warriors came over the top. Uh, so try scorers, Dana, no, it's Noel Akafalau in, in the flag. Yeah. Uh, Brown and Dunster, and three from three from the boot of Sapienza. Uh, check out those highlights, especially uh, Brown's support play on that second one, which I thought was um, really good to see. Yeah, he, uh, he flies up on the inside there, doesn't he? He certainly does. <laughs> it's, um, you know, for a halfback, you know, he's quick and he, he's very, very, very fit. All right, well, let's move along. Uh, so it was good to see Brown back uh, steering the ship. Um, although, uh, sorry, just back to the ISP, uh, Jamin Salmon, probably not one of his better games, which is unfortunate. You'd want him to stand up to be the leading half. Um, but you've got some thoughts on that, don't you, Cam, about... Yeah, um, I, I personally think that his position going forward is centre. Um, I think you can see that in the stats. I haven't really seen uh, too much of him this year, but there's some games where he's, he's kicking well and passing well, but... Um, when you look at the size of him, you look at the way he plays, I reckon centre, um, possibly second row in the future will be where he plays. Um, you know, he can just he can focus on running it um, rather than trying to put someone else through a hole. I reckon that's where um, he'll be best utilised. And actually, the way I'd like to see him used is how uh, Hain played in um, against the Cowboys when he came back. He was sort of looking for the ball played sort of a semi, um, like a quasi half, uh, half sort I guess of. like an old roving lock sort of role. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's exactly it. Like, um, you know, for, for the most part, he'll still be out on his edge. But, you know, get in there, get amongst the ball. Um, you know, look look for the offloads uh, provided by the players. Use, use his fitness. Um, yeah, that's where I, I reckon he'll shine. But, you know, when you look at the halves for Wenty... Um, if Will Smith wasn't playing, it'd be Arana Tamata, Reese Davies, um, Dylan Izzard, 
So you know he's not gonna he's not gonna get much ball out in the centres with those sort of halves. Like, no disrespect to them, but you know he's he's the future and they're not. So he needs to be touching the ball. So I reckon that's why we're playing him in the halves. And I, I'm not sure. I I don't think that's his position going forward. So similar to like a Jack Bird when he yeah. was at the Sharks, eh, before he went to Brisbane. Yep, hundred percent. All right, and and it is through the juniors, you know, those <coughs> skill positions on the edge, uh, second rowers and centres, uh, usually do do stints in the halves to get their their hands on the ball um, more. Um, that's just part of their progression. It's better to have them getting their hands on the ball. But if he is playing centre, you'd like to get him to get some reps uh, under him in the ISP uh, just because of how critical that position is defensively once you come into first grade. Um, oh, so. Yeah, for sure. And even looking at his um, his missed tackle rate, I think he's only tackling at uh, 79% um, this year, which um, as a half, you can you can sort of get away with that. But... As a centre and his size, he def- I think that's um, definitely one thing he needs, he needs to work on over the off-season. All right, well, let's jump into the rest of the results, uh, which saw in the women's, uh, Wente getting, uh, again, beaten 42-0 to nil by the Bears. Uh, so, reminder that the Bears are coming second last, so that's just, a, again, a show of the disparity between the skill levels. Uh, Ron Massey Cup, Wenty 42-6 over Cabramatta, and Birdie, your man Jack Morris, bobbed up scoring a try in that game. Yeah, the boys. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm happy um, he's still at the club because, you know, I keep saying it every week, you know, or every time I'm on the pod, that he played, you know, for Queensland under-18s, and surely the God, he has a bit of talent, and don't want it to waste, you know, and turn out to be like uh, that, that other fellow that we had. What was his name? Scott Schultz or something from the North Queensland Cowboys. So Yeah, that's correct. And even if he just stays in the system and, you know, works on his game, just short, like, yeah. And he was even, I think he was close to being captain, wasn't he, for the 20s at one stage? Yeah, he would have been close oh. last uh, last year, I think. Maybe or the, before. Or the, or the second last year of the competition. Yeah. Yeah, so... You know, there's talent, like, surely he has talent. It's just maybe he has, you know, probably an attitude problem or, yeah. Well, um, I think, yeah. yeah, it just hasn't been transferred. And when you've got younger, some other players that we've touched on before coming through, I guess, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it's unfortunate the way, you know, the system's set up that um, if you're not a superstar or on, on the cusp of first grade, by the time you're 20, you sort of kick to the, kick to the curb, sort of, so, so to say. Um, we've seen recently uh, Matt, uh, Matt Eisenhuth playing from the Tigers yep. um, didn't start till later Cody Walker not starting till later uh, Manu Mars not starting till later Kenny Edwards um, Reese Martin so you know there's play, you know it's, it's, it's a shame that um, the way the system is set up that um, you know young guys are being kicked off because there's someone you know right on the cusp but it, it goes to show that um, you know these these few players. It's few and far between, obviously. But if you've got the the time, um, and the and you have you have the uh, abil- uh, effort and the determination to put in the hard yards, you still can make it despite you know playing Ron Massey Cup for a few years, or even going playing um, you know even in the Illawarra or Newcastle comps for a few years. It's, it's yeah. So there's definitely you know there's time, but it is against them. Yeah, well, I think a, a, a player that we're playing against in first grade um, is probably a testament to that. Nathan Ross <coughs> applying his trade through the um, Newcastle system there um, until getting a recall, but 
then again, once Newcastle have started signing a couple of good players, he's sort of sunk back to to that level of ISP slash um, whatever else. Yeah. Plus, um, all right. Plus, Sorry. also, what I also what, like so hyped about him is I don't want him to be like another Pat O'Hanlon. You know, when we signed <laughs> him, there was a lot of hype, and like cause he was such a big, tall back rower, and I thought. I was pleased praying he wasn't going to turn out to be like another like one of those. That's why, because like I'm a fan of, I'm a fan of tall-bodied centers and and back rowers, and that's why when I saw Jack Morris and he had a big engine on him, I thought this is perfect. You know, it's Hindy's replacement pretty much, even though it's been like five years since he retired. But like that's why. So, you know, just, yeah, just once again happy he's getting some game time and not you know moving on to another club. Too easy. All right, well, let's jump to the last results. Shield, Guildford hours 20 over the Penrith Brothers 14. And Wente having a loss 14 to Cabramatta 18. Um, so that about wraps up the reviews. Um, wasn't too much there because, of course, no first grade. Let's jump into some signing news. First of all, uh, we talked about Blake Austin last week, but it's now come out that he's signed with Warrington Wolves. Yeah, got the so wrong again, Blake. <laughs> Yeah, so, so you're not wrong. Um, just shows, you know, all those rumours that come out. Um, from what I understand, there was a deal on the table for Blake. It was for a lot less than what he'd previously been offered at the Raiders, but Warrington came in with a, uh, an offer that blew everybody else out of the water. So take the money and run, son. And he has done that. But then on to the signing news, which is Blake Austin. Uh, sorry. Blake Ferguson <laughs> has agreed to three years commencing 2019. Uh, it's bandied about about 500k a season. Um, now, I'll just get into the signing. Um, so I'll just go for... for um, it, it wasn't the greatest press release, and I understand it had to be made pretty quickly because Blake Ferguson, uh, being the... Uh, uh, savant that he is decided to blab it out to all of his teammates who have then of course passed it on to uh, the media and Parramatta then were going to uh, release it on their own terms but quickly had to pump something out um, but we'll just go on to what our press release was which is from Arthur I had a conversation with him about how important it is for us that we want the right people and good people at our club we're going through a period where we want to make sure that everything we do on the field and off the field is professional and meets the standards and expectations required by our club he is fully aware of his responsibilities and accountabilities to his teammates and the club, and he wants to be one of the players that can lead that. So, there's two limbs of this signing. One, Ferguson, of course, he's got a pretty good rap sheet on him. But the second limb is he's probably in the top five wingers in the comp uh, on this year's form. So, he's running, he's ran more than 400 metres than any other player in the comp, and he scored 10 tries from 15 games this season. So, I'll throw over to you first, Birdie. What What are your thoughts? I like it. Like he's um, he can play wing. Birdie. He can play center, and he can play fullback. Like I reckon it's a great signing, and once again, another big-bodied player that surely they can't get taken into touch. Like Bevan, you know, he gets you know t- dragged into touch a lot. So, I'm happy with it as long as he keeps you know his um his head in the game or like you know straight. It's going to be a good signing. Because, you know, he could go back to playing um, State of Origin again and then that $500,000 deal was worth it. Because, like, early in the year, we'll link to Josh Mansell and surely he's was going to be, like, what, seven to 800 per year. So, you know, to miss out on Mansell to get Ferguson, I'm, I'm happy with that. But, you know, maybe more signings and I'll be more happier. But other than that, I'm happy with the signing. And him? Um, yeah, from a playing perspective, I think if he keeps up what he's been doing this year... Um, you know, he's averaging like 200 metres a game or something, which is absolutely ridiculous. Um, 
even for the standard of the standard of wingers and what they're asked to do. Um, 200 meters of games um, more than both of our starting wingers for this weekend. So um, yeah, huge on that front. He can score a try. He's a tall winger. Um, you know, we can finally start kicking to the corners again with that aerial threat. Um, off the field, you know, he's had you know he's, he's had his past, and I don't like the fact that you know the sexual abuse stuff and all that. You know, having that still at the club um, is definitely disappointing. Um, you know, he's he's had his second chance. He's had his third chance, and uh, he's gone to rehab for the stuff. So. You know, as long as he stays out of all that crap and what he said is he's doing it to stay with his kids and make sure he's a good role model for his kids, then, yeah, it's, it, it's, hopefully it's a good signing on that front. So, playing-wise, very good. Off the field, still TB, TBA. I'll, I'll, um, from the Queensland State of Origin a few years back, TBA. To be, to be decided, to be announced about his off-field behaviour. Yeah, I think that about sums it up for myself. Um, I'd have queries over the, the length of the contract as well, um, but apparently Newcastle was sniffing around, so I assume that's what it took to get it over the line, a three-year deal, uh, noting that Ferguson's 29 this year, so when he finishes up, he'll be 32. Um, but I suppose it was like like the Watmo signing, you know, he was going to, we have to get them here, we have to offer them, you know, an extra year. It's, it's unfortunate, but... Do we get the good two years out of them and then risk the third year, or do we not have them at all? So, yep, you're not wrong. And again, the queries on his off-field behaviour. He seems to have calmed it down this year. Uh, there hasn't been anything about him in the off uh, off-field, uh, so if he keeps that up. I think it'll be a, probably a, a good signing. And as you said, uh, a winger making 200 metres a game, scoring. Uh, uh, what is it? Two tries in every three games. So. Not a bad uh, return rate. And it's filling a need. We lost semi uh, this year, obviously, and we've struggled to make uh, metres out of our own uh, defensive end off a kick return. So, um, Who's going to be his uh, centre partner if he was to play wing? Are we talking Hayne or Jenko? Or Does he play on Akafalau? the right? I can't remember if he plays on the right or the left. He plays on the right for the Roosters. Imagine a side of Akafalau and um, Ferguson. <laughs> Surely we're going to win 9 out of 10. You know, crossfield kicks. You know, them two giants on that one side. <laughs> yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. All right, now on to the next bit of news, uh, which is the uh, we touched on the under twenties team with Reed Marnie and Oregon Kafusi named uh, for Queensland and for New South Wales respectively. Although you've got a bit of a bugbear there, Ham, with uh, Reed playing oh. off the bench as opposed to starting. Dumb. Like, you know, fair enough if you don't want to start him over. Um I think it's Harry Grant from Storm, who was their dummy half last year, so I can understand why they want a bit of continuity in their halves or in the uh, dummy half. But then they've got Lachlan Lamb also on the bench, and it's just, he's a half, you know, probably could cover dummy half. Why have you got both of them there? You know, like, I'm I'm not, you know, Justin Hodges would probably punch my head in if, if he heard this, but um, I don't understand it. Like, you know, run with one utility off the bench. It's going to be Lachlan Lamb, or whoever. I don't really give. I don't really care to be honest. Um, but yeah, I, I just think it's a dumb. Reed will probably only get twenty minutes, maybe. If there's in, if there's injuries, will get more. But um, 
yeah, it just seems weird that uh, a player who's played first grade, two games of first grade, has been re- pretty good. You know, he's been you know, been all right. Um, the next Cameron Smith, <laughs> better than Cameron Smith, is um, playing off the bench for a player who I assume has only gone up to uh, ISC level. Yeah, anyway, um, still good on Reed for getting selected. He wasn't in their um, their train on squad early this year, so you know he's he's done a lot. Well, I can probably give you an answer, which is uh, who their coach is. So I think that <laughs> <laughs> um, sums it up. All right, and then on to the under 16s news, which is five Eels plays players named in the uh, under 16 squad for the Blues, uh, which is Matthew Komalafi, Trey Mooney, William. Uh, Birdie's favourite, Penasini, uh, Peter Tateo, or Tito, and Caleb Tohi. Um, and we would have had our fullback named as well, but for that broken leg in the grand final. Yeah, it's... Um, this New South Wales team is weird. Usually they only pick... Um, I think it's three players per team, depending on you know how they're feeling. Um, but yeah, Parramatta and Manly with um, five and four respectively. So it'll be... It'll be interesting to see um, how our front rowers have played out because I thought that um, our front rowers were better. Our forward pack was a little bit better than Manly's, but uh, Tyrese Matangi uh, is a really big, really big player. So um, it'll be interesting to see how that forward rotation plays out too. And that's games on Sunday before the Broncos, I think. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, so they'll probably stream it there. So um, that should be good. Um, to see how they've, they've. It's only a few months since the competition's finished, but it should be good to see how they've progressed and see how they play. And then jumping into the next bit of news, which is the John Paul Foundation has become a Parramatta Eels community partner. Um, now the John Paul Foundation uh, is in support um, of the Tri Time Junior Rugby League um, initiative, uh, which is an initiative uh, regarding. Uh, players who have an intellectual disability ranging from autism, Down syndrome to vision impairment or special needs and the John Paul Foundation is going to play a big role in giving these kids an opportunity to play rugby league on a regular basis. Um, So this is how you create grassroots movements within uh, the club, uh, investing in these sorts of um, programs and uh, being partners, uh, community partners with these sorts of foundations because um, rugby league is a game for all, and um, it, it's great that they're they're putting on this initiative for for people with special needs and intellectual disabilities. Any word from you, Ham or Bertie? No, I saw the um, ABC article earlier this year about um, the competition starting up with Wentworthville. I think it was. Yeah, it's Wenty. That's right. Yeah, um, no, fantastic initiative. Um, I've. I, I never um, got to play rugby league um, past a certain age, so you know, good on them and good on the John Paul Foundation for getting involved. And this is exactly this is exactly the positive news that needs to be pr- more uh, better promoted and uh, more well known about. Um, well, on to some negative news, which is the uh, I don't know if you guys managed to see it, but in the Australian article um, from Max Donnelly had an interview there. Um, so I'll just read some quotes uh, from them, uh, which is Donnelly saying to Eels fans, you've got a financially sound owner who funds you a brand new stadium and will have the best uh, game day experience in rugby league and room to move in the salary cap. So looking at the big 
uh, picture, the performances this year are unsatisfactory. We should be winning, uh, making the semis eight out of ten years. That's right. Um, but also knowing that the long-term future should be pretty rosy, considering uh, all the things that are going on in the club at this point. Um, getting the house in order after 2016, and just some of the issues that we're having to overcome. We have an unsatisfactory arrangement with ANZ Stadium because we don't make any money from playing our games there, plus we've inherited some residuals from the salary cap scandal. It's a shocking arrangement at ANZ. So apparently, we are losing money by taking games to ANZ. Now, that is a complete cock-up from the uh, the previous board, uh, it just absolutely beggars belief that they could be so inept as to uh, lose money from taking games to ANZ Stadium. I, I don't know who negotiated that deal or how it was signed off on, but it's just absolutely... it. Yeah, I can't put into words how crazy that is. Yeah, and especially because you hear about every other club and our deals before, they make like $100,000 at least base minimum to take games to ANZ you know, this is the time period where we should have been making money from this deal, from not playing at Parramatta, so that when we do go back to Parramatta, I'm not sure how financially viable viable it will be, but this is the time where we should have been making money, this is the time we should have been doing that, and we're not, so, you know, we've set the club back a little bit further in regards to the football club and the, the um, deficit and how much we spend there, so, you know, Stupid, ridiculous, um, all the superlatives, all the adjectives, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's all, yeah, it's, you've said it perfectly. I, I thought we were getting quarter of a million dollars each game, that's why everyone was jumping to ANZ Stadium to play games, you know, I didn't know we were losing money, and why is it the first time, I don't know, I've been off Twitter and Discord for the last couple of days, but why is it the first time I've heard about this, why didn't they say this? Last year that, you know, we were in a shitty deal. Why is it taking it now to come out and say it? Like, you know, like, it just oh, it just piss, pisses me off even more. Like, it's this last two years I've been at this stupid stadium has been hell. I reckon, look, I'm, I'm a member for the first time in a while. And I've got three more games I can go to. I don't even feel like going to a game. Like, it's just, there's no incentive to go to ANZ Stadium. And, oh, God, help us. That's all I can say. <laughs> Yeah, so again, just a reminder of having ex-footy players in the board, this this is the damage that it creates. Uh, you need people with business now who know what they're doing, or otherwise you end up in these sorts of situations. Or have a look at the Bulldogs allowing, you know, uh, their coach and, and other people to have free reign um, over player contracts. Uh, you just can't operate a football club like that anymore. And this is the reason that we have... Uh, an independent person in there at the moment and hopefully moving towards having a board full of people that will be uh, properly qualified to actually do these deals because this this is the result, this is what happens when you get the wrong people even though they had the right idea and I think they did have the right idea um, well sorry, they, they, they had the right reasons for running for the board but if you're not uh, qualified, uh, this this is the result so... Um, to all members of the Leagues Club, this is just a, a kick in the pants to make sure you're voting for the right people. That's exactly right. And um, you say the skills provided and everything, and you say running a football club, it's it's a multi-million dollar business now. It's not, you know, 17 first graders running around and a few juniors. No, this is a, a marketing, this is uh, media, this is um, PR, this is HR. It's It's everything. You need business people in there. 
and regardless of their opinion about rugby league or whatever, they're business people. They know how to run a business. That's what it is. That's all it's about. And it's not as if these people that are running have no idea about football either. They obviously have, you know, a passing interest at, at the very least about football. But the main thing is they're business-minded. They know how to do deals. They know what works, what doesn't work, and then how to get to the processes put into place to make sure it does work. Yeah, and, and I'm not against having uh, ex-players on the football, uh, the actual uh football club board but on the leagues club board you need those business people because they're the ones who are offering the grant to the um to the football club to 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 fund everything so you need the right people in there um and having a couple of ex-footy players on the board of the the actual football club um probably not too bad an idea as long as they don't have their fingers in the pie too much in regards to the business sides of the side of things well as long as they've you know they've done the done the degrees, had the experience in the business side of things. Um, just like to make first grade, they put in the hard yards before that to get into the business, the more technical side of it all. Need to put in the hard yards before that. So, you know, it's it's all, yeah. If if they're good, if they're good business people, then yeah, just because they're foot, footy player doesn't mean they should be discredited from um, holding a position on, a bo- on the board. But... They shouldn't hold a position on the board just because they played for Parramatta. That does that doesn't mean that they have an interest in what's best for Parramatta or know um, how to put how to put those interests into practice. Yeah, I'm all right having one or two token, <laughs> um, but uh, you, I think the proposal is you'll have a shared. Um, I think it's three or four members from the leagues club onto the football cl- uh, board of directors. So I'm not quite sure how that's all going to pan out. That's currently before the proposals before the uh, the leagues club members, and I'm sure Max Donnelly and um, will be will be sorting that out sometime shortly. Um, do we want to jump into previews now? Yep. Yeah, okay. So in the shield, the Owls in seventh place, taking on Wentworthville in fourth. Uh, Sunday, July 15th at McCready Park at 1pm. Um, and then in the Ron Massey Cup, the Owls in third, pay, third place taking on Wentworthville in first place. Sunday, July 15th, 3pm at McCready Park. In the women's, um, we'll see the Mounties taking on Wenty, who are in last place. Albury Keats Reserve, 1pm, Saturday, July 14th. And then jumping into the flag... Um, the Eels have the chance to sort of push their credentials for a top four here, with the Dragons in seventh taking on the Eels in sixth, Saturday, July 14th, 1pm at Wynn Stadium. So is Wynn Stadium Wollongong, or is that... I, I get confused now. I have no That's idea. That's going to be Wollongong. That's Wollongong. Yeah. And Jubilee Oval is Cogra. Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because that used to be Wynn Jubilee Oval. No, and then yeah. it was like University of Wollongong Stadium, and but I'm sure <laughs> Wind Stadium is one near the water. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. They've changed their rights recently. Um, do Do you want to go through this, Ham? Do you have too much to say about it? Um, you know, looking at our, our spine, um, <laughs> we've lost a fair few. We've lost our um our best three halves in this competition this year. I think um, Dylan Brown's out with another injury. He's not named in the. Um, starting 70s on the extended bench. So, you know, while Sapienza and Field and Carling do a serviceable, serviceable job, um, it's going to be quite hard 
when you don't have uh, the likes of Dylan Brown, Joe Taipari, and Jamin Salmon um, there. Then, of course, Ethan Parry's still out. Um, I noticed he played for the Owls in the Sydney Shield last week. Um, so, yeah, I'm not sure if he's dropped or coming back from injury or because I know he did um, do a pretty nasty leg injury a couple of years ago in the schoolboys. He hasn't quite recovered from it. Um, forwards look good as they should um, with a few players coming back um, Stefano's still there but with the Dragons team even then I've only recognised a few names uh, actually no I've recognised a few more Tristan Saylor obviously um, Big Dell's son plays pretty well um, Tyron Wishart I wonder if that's Rod Wishart is that right before you got me beat, I'm not quite sure. <laughs> um, Rod Wishart, I think, played for the Dragons in the 1990s. So there you go. Um, Cooper Purcell and Hayden Lomax. So they've got a, a fairly strong team um, lined up against our sort of, a, a wouldn't say ragtag, because there's a f- some good players in there, but um, I think we'll find it hard to score points in this game despite having... Um, Dunster, Afalalo, and Okafalao, and Fanua in the backs. So it'll be interesting to see um, how they how they go. But I won't be down there because I'll be up in Newcastle. So yeah. All right, and jumping into the ISP, which will see the Dragons in fifth position, taking on Wentworthville in tenth position at Jubilee Oval, one forty-five p.m. on Sunday, July fifteenth. Um, again, another tough ask for Wenty, but they will have um, Reed Marnie backing up in the number nine after Origin. Um, of course, the Friday game probably being a bit too quick of a turnaround for Reed Marnie to, to back up. Yeah. Um, I will say that Nathan Davis, I'm not sure if it happened over the weekend. I don't think it did, but he's now the top point scorer in the ISP. So good on Big big Davo. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, now let's jump into first grade. Ninths in 12th position. I think it's 12th when I looked the other day. Um, apologies if that's wrong. I didn't double-check it. <laughs> Taking on the Eels in 16th position, 7.55pm Friday the 13th of July. So this Friday, uh, jumping into some previous stats, 50 games. Knights 28, Eels 21 with one draw. Knights won the last game at ANZ Stadium, 30-4, to and they've won the last two games, I believe, because they beat us last season. Knights are scoring 17.6 points per game. We're scoring 14.8, but uh, in a positive for us. Knights are conceding 26.8 points per game, and Eels are only conceding 23.4. So they've opened the floodgates recently. They've had a couple of crap performances, uh, getting smashed by the Bulldogs not too long ago. Uh, so let's just jump into the uh, team list, which will see Mitchell Pearce returning as captain and number seven, uh, but not forgetting that they've lost their number nine to that uh, disgusting knee injury. I think he just about destroyed everything in the knee that you could. Um, and of course, Caelan Pong is out for a little while too. Uh, so that's going through one to 17 for Newcastle. Meany at fullback. He's more of a half, isn't he, Ham? Uh, wouldn't have a clue, <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, from what I understand, he's mostly played in the halves, uh, coming through and playing in ISP. 
Uh, on the wings, former Eel, Ken Seo and Sean Kenny Dow. And then in the centre, Sione Matadia and Corey Dennis. In the halves, Connor Watson, Mitchell Pearce. In the forward pack, Josh King and Daniel Safidi. I think Safidi's coming back from injury as well. Uh, in the nine, Denny Levi gets a roll with Slade Griffin out with his knee injury. And then in the second row, Mitchell Barnett, Aidan Guerra. And in the lock position, Herman Essie or Assisi. Um, I've heard it pronounced both ways, so I apologise if I'm wrong in one of them. And I understand Herman's probably been one of the buys of the season, um, if you've watched much uh, of Newcastle this year. Um, all right, on to the interchange match. Nathan Ross makes a comeback from injury. Uh, old man Chris Hyington, Jamie <laughs> Bura, old man as well, in the captain role, and Jacob Lillyman, old man as well. So um, a very old bench there, um, couple of those players are probably on their um, retirement uh, deal. And then on the reserve bench, extended bench, Luke Yates, Sam Stone, Jack Cogger, and JJ Felice. So just running through that, Mitchell Pearce returns from his pec injury, pushing Jack Cogger into the reserves. Nick De- uh, Meany debuts at fullback for Callum Ponga. And Danny Levi starts at hooker for Slade Griffin, with Nathan Ross coming back to the bench. Uh, Daniel Safidi returns from a foot injury to push into the front row, pushing Hermanus Essiesi to lock, and Aidan Guerra into the second row, Sam Stone moving to the reserves, the extended reserves. Jumping into the Eels team list. So, Clint Gutherson, captain, fullback, Bevan French, and George Jennings on the wings. Michael Jennings gets a reprieve from ISP into the centres, alongside Jared Hayne. Then in the halves, Corey Norman, Mitch Moses... In the forward pack, Daniel Alvaro. So, uh, Vave has retained his spot starting. And Cam King retains his spot in the number nine jersey. Then on to the second row. Murata Kore keeps his spot in the second uh, row, even though Tet Moreau is back. And Brat Takarangi as well. Nathan Brown in the 13. On the bench, 14, Tet Moreau. 15, Tim Manor co-captain. 16, David Gower. 17, Penny Terrapo. The extended benches, Kane Evans, Kirasami Avaar, Jamin Salmon, and Kaiser Pritchard. So Tet Moreau returns to the bench for Will Smith, who uh, I understand was injured in that game in ISP over the weekend. Um, so that's that's not a bad team list we're, we're showing there. It's probably better than it has been for most of the season with all the injuries we've had. Um, I'll throw over to you, um, Bertie and him. Yeah, I think um, for us to win this game, we need to start off well, you know, and at least ma- maintain while they've got Saifidi, uh, SASA on on the field. And then, um, you know, looking at the bench, that's where we definitely should be overtaking them. Um, personally, I'd like to see... Fave drop off with um, Terrapo coming on to start and then Kaiser Pritchard off the bench. I think that would um, serve us better with a bit of uh, quickness out of dummy half from Kaiser um, later on. And then um, I think Baz Penny has been absolutely fantastic for the past month. You know, he's breaking tackles again. He's um, causing uh, defensive uh, defensive line troubles. Uh, and he, he defends really well, so I'd, I'd like to see him coming on to start, I think, um, between him, Alvaro, and Brown. That's a very strong starting middle, especially with um, Cameron King's uh, defensive issues there. Um, yeah, I like the team. I think that it's got a lot of attacking uh, flair. It's got some... If we can play like the last game we did against the Dragons and not... Um, stuff up that last 10 to 15 minutes if we keep our foot on the th- foot on the throttle, foot on the throat. Um, you know, 
we should we should be winning this game, especially with them without um, Ponga and Pierce and Saifidi returning. And you, Bertie? Uh, well, um, I'm happy Will Smith's not in the team, so he can't screw it up for us. And just, I don't know, like, we expect, to be honest, we expect as fans to beat the Knights, but, you know, Knights are going to turn out to be so clinical with their completion rates, and, you know, they're not, they're not going to be ill-disciplined. It's just, they're just going to frustrate us again. It's going to be like the Sharks, like those games where they're going to frustrate the, the, the hell out of us, and, you know, we're going to end up... Um, Kicking them out, kicking out of the full, making mistakes. It's just, I'm just praying for a win. I can't go, I can't go through the season without with another loss, man. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's taking its toll on us as fans, and I just want to go up to Newcastle with an ambush, you know, mentality, and just smash them and come home with the win, and you know, so that way we can talk about how the Knights are pretty much having a good run and they're really a shit team because we're not that bad. It's just we just. We just can't get our combinations right. We seem to, we seem to be screwing it up. Like someone's overplaying it. Someone's, as Brad Arthur said in his press conference, we've got individuals out there and not a team. So hopefully the time away has um, got them thinking that we, you know, pull their head in and yeah, just hopefully we can get the win. Yes, well, we should certainly be up for it if we're playing anything like uh, Ham said, like we did against the Dragons. I think we should be able to come away with a win here. Um, I think we beat them in the spine area, although noting that Mitch Pierce is coming back. Um, I think probably in the back line, we probably beat them there. Uh, I think our starting forwards and theirs, um, plus their hooking rotation, is probably on par. And then I think we beat them on the bench as well. Um, but um, I think what we need to do with uh, Newcastle, the way to really play them um, is to pump it up the middle really quick and then spread to the edges, and then look at coming back in underneath uh, with second rowers running those unders lines or centres running those unders lines um, because their market defence is pretty poor off their A and B. Uh, they seem to split, and you can find a lot of room back in behind their ruck. And also, um, once you get into their 20, those quick shifts to the outside, um, whilst at the beginning of the season they were, they were good getting outside, uh, sliding really well, uh, if you've seen them over the last couple of weeks, um, their slide defence has been really poor. Um, but they have been missing their captain, Mitch Pearce. Um, he adds a really big element to them. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what they come up with. Um, and obviously they just completely out-enthused us last time. So they're playing behind a home crowd. Um, we'll have to really be up for it on Friday. Or otherwise, it could quickly get away from us with a home uh, crowd behind them. Um, all right, do we want to go predictions? Uh, I'll start with you, Bertie. Um, so it's going to be a nighttime game. I'm predicting... Well, I, I want a smashing, and we win like 30-plus, but I can see it happening like 12-8, uh, Parramatta way. So first try score will be... Uh, Corey Norman. I reckon he um, will score the first try, and Murata to get on the board as well. And him? Um, yeah, I'd like to be as positive as Birdie, and I am going to be. Um, we're going to win 30-plus. <laughs> um, score, 30, 30, 30, 34 nil. There we go, how about that? Um, <laughs> uh, first try scorer will be Bevan French, and Newcastle will go for a penalty goal first, miss... 
We'll spread it out to Bevan French and he'll score a 100 metre try. How's that? How's that? Sounds good to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Uh, just looking at the betting markets at the moment, and remember, gamble responsibly as always. Um, Parramatta Eels dollar eighty one dollars and eighty one cents, and at Newcastle out to two bucks. So we're favoured here. Um, I guess with Ponger out, he was the the main contributor last time, but they also rolled us through the forwards with Dan Saifidi and Herman Essiesi, etc. Um, so if we show up, I think we can get over the line. Um, it just depends what Paramount Eels team shows up, doesn't it, really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, for me, uh, I'd expect only it'll be a close one, 1-12, to 12, but in the Eels' favour. Uh, first try scorer, I can see a second rower running back unders line, so possibly Murata on that, that right edge running some sort of unders coming back through. Um, but I think uh, both the halves really need to take the line on. Uh, passing right at the line, that really puts uh, Newcastle's defence in two minds, and their outside backs have not been great recently. Um, they really need to put them under pressure. And I'd like to see, uh, whilst we've ridiculed our kicking game and I guess the bombs, uh, I wouldn't mind seeing their debutant fullback put under a bit of tre- pressure at the back. So uh, maybe some grubbers slash uh, bombs uh, close to the line would uh, be a good tester for, for their fullback. Who's their fullback? All right, well, that's predictions. Um, I think we're through to our plugs. I'll start with 40, so on the Cumberland Throw at TCT on Twitter. Um, of course, they had the break over the weekend, so there wasn't as much material, but you can follow them. Um, and then on to PM, Forts, uh, Sports First Nambucca. He's had deals on uh, shirts recently. If you're still looking at getting a Eels jersey for the 2018 season, uh, that's where to go, and he'll, um, if you message him, um, through the website, I'm sure he'll do a deal for you if you tell him that uh, the podcast sent you. And on to you, Birdie, Mother Russia, out of the World Cup. Yes, tell me about it. My grandparents are devastated and they've drank their pain away with some bottles of vodka. Yeah, so on Twitter, I'm on BevanHeaven1. And yeah, I said at the beginning of the tournament, I reckon France or Belgium will win. And I'm going to stick my foot out there. I reckon Belgium are going to beat uh, England penalties and yeah that's for the World Cup and then nah mate football's coming home football's coming home you know what I didn't understand it in the beginning but now I see those videos and uh, (laughs) memes I hate it even more now (laughs) but uh, other than that um, what was I going to say obviously LeBron James went to LA Lakers a lot of I saw on um, Twitter that someone did a mural of him coming and then you see someone just vandalised and said we don't want him we hate him (laughs) So can you imagine possibly one of the greatest of all time signing for your team and you're, you're upset about that? That's just madness. That's stupidity, you know? So, yeah. Would you be happy America if Billy Slater signed for Parramatta next year? Oh, God. Can you imagine if Cameron Smith signed for Parramatta? Alcohol, I'd hate it. I'd, I'd burn down the mural. <laughs> it, it was funny seeing some of the mental gymnastics for um, all the people that were saying Kobe was so much better than James and, and that might uh, be reversed over the next couple of seasons yeah. <laughs> um, alright on to you Ham um, yep at, on Twitter at HamSandwich22 um, I think some people might be getting confused I'm not saying Sandwich it's Sandwich I haven't gotten any followers for a few weeks now um, so yeah it's S-A-M-M-I-C-H for sandwich, not sandwich. Um, you know, because I, I like new followers. I like people um, hearing about my... Oh, another thing that's coming up. Oh, I've got a, actually a proper plug um, this time. is actually a, I've got a gig 
on Thursday. Hopefully this um, podcast comes out before Thursday at the Hideaway Bar on King Street, Newtown slash Enmore. It's just up the road from the Enmore Hotel. We're on at 10 p.m. So uh, forget about Prime Possum and uh, the Nine. Don't go to bed at 7.30. Ask your parents if you can uh, leave the house. Um, if you don't, just sneak out. Uh, 10 o'clock at the Hideaway Bar. And also, also something very exciting is coming up is the... I know you guys won't be interested whatsoever, but the New Japan G1 uh, Climax number 28 is on starting this weekend, and it's 14 days of non-stop pro wrestling, and it's going to be absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah, if you're into your professional wrestling, I'm not sure what the crossover is between uh, people that listen to this, the Power Podcast, and people that like professional wrestling. Not sure what what that Venn diagram would look like. Um, but yeah, that's starting. So if you like some hard-hitting, fast-flying uh, action, try and watch the G1 Climax on NJPW World. All right, and at Parapodcast, forward slash Parapodcast on Twitter and Facebook. Um, also, up the blues on Wednesday to make it 3-0. And hopefully the under-20s and the under-18s boys uh, have good games. And then lastly, um, hopefully the Eels in all their respective grades get a win on the weekend. And that will do us for now. Cheers, boys. Bye.